freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your first look for this week's Rocket Mortgage Classic. And joining me to break it all down, Sienna Shad is here. Sia, what's going on? Nothing much, man. Looking forward to getting started with the Rocket Mortgage. That didn't sound. Uh, that didn't sound like you were like you were ready to get it started. It sounded it's, like ready to not get started. It's because of two things. One is the conversation before we went hot, if you will, <laughs> about Abraham answer and Keegan Bradley, which put me in a really bad mood. So you can understand Sorry. which side of that I was on. And also, I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking at golf on the, with with my my. It's it's over my left shoulder, so I'm kind of concentrating on that a little bit too. Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, give me a little more positivity for this first look at the Rocket Mortgage. Yeah, I'm way more excited than Sia. Because <laughs> um, look, this is the week where your your Keegan Bradley, your Abraham answer, uh, or I should, oh, let me say it differently. Your Keegan Bradley this week will turn into Abraham answer, and you'll be Ooh. celebrating. And then all of a sudden next week, you're going to be pumping your fists in celebration. So look, it, all this means is a chance for redemption, Sia. This is your, this is all you. This is your opportunity. It's your time to shine. Time to get fired up. It's Sunday afternoon, and it's time to start. Uh, preparing yourself to build lineups tomorrow morning at what seven a.m., eight a.m. Vince Lombardi with the pep talk. I do appreciate it. I am way more excited now. Thank you. Let's go. The, the Redemption Mortgage Classic will be held at Detroit Golf nice. Club, the North Course. Thank you very much, Greg. This is a par 72, 7300. It's a Donald Ross design, and here is what you're going to hear all week long. Flattest golf course on the PGA Tour. That's what you're going to hear all week long, right? <laughs> yeah, and um, there are a couple of flat ones. I mean, you go down to the floor to swing. There's not much elevation change at the <laughs> Players' Championship, okay? Uh, TPC Sawgrass doesn't have very much elevation. So, But anyway, here nor there, not a lot of elevation there. Um, but tree-line golf course, um, it should be fun. It's given us some interesting leader, uh, interesting leaderboards. I think there's some interesting storylines in the field. Maybe we get another Bryson DeChambeau, Matthew Wolf duel. We've had what four of those now on the PGA Tour. This was a host of one last year. Bryson, I think, what is it? Bryson three, Matt Wolf one, I believe. Um, Matt so Wolf I, won the I can't 3M. remember one. Three, the 3M Wolf clipped Bryson. This one here and Winged Foot is where Bryson got Wolf. What was the fourth one? I'm, it might only be three. I think it's only three. Two, two, two and one for Bryson then. If yeah, that's two one. yeah, yeah, two one. Yeah, two one. So maybe we'll get a uh, you know seven game series out of it. Maybe Matt Wolf <laughs> can take it to seven. But yeah, um, so I, I think that's an interesting storyline. Even though Matt Wolf missed the cut, Bryson has uh, had a couple good rounds this week. Sunday wasn't great. Uh, didn't quite get himself into contention. But that's a storyline I'm looking to see. Maybe these two guys can uh, can get into another duel again. It's a bit of a tale of two nines, Sia. The front nine, certainly tree lines. The back nine, much more open for opportunities. And these players have taken advantage uh, in each of the only two years we've had this event. That should also be noted because the winning score in 2019, Nate Lashley, 25 under. Bryson DeChambeau last year, 23 under. So if you hate elevation changes and you love birdie fests, this is the event for you. Yeah, even more so than than this this last week. So uh, you're right about that back nine. I mean, it's going to create a ton of opportunities. And I, I think, you know, in, in 
in the last two years, it's been a little bit of a different story with respect to, you know, how big off the tee has been versus approach. But I'm really, I'll tell you, I'm really going to be focused on off the tee game. I think that's going to be really high impact here, more so than than other events, uh, certainly. So, yeah, I think that back nine, I think... I think guys like we've already mentioned, like Matthew Wolf and, and Bryson, are going to create so many opportunities for themselves. They're going to be really hard to resist this particular week. What do you think? What do you think that it? Why do you think the off the tee game gets so much more important? Is it because it's a little bit easier to hit greens out here? Um, at least statistically, the greens are are hit at a at a higher rate. Um, are the are the greens not that challenging? They're, I mean, pretty flat. Um, what, what makes it so? <laughs> advantageous to drive the ball well here in your opinion Sia yeah my, my assumption is that you're not getting to yourself in a ton of trouble off the tee so if you're driving it long you, you are getting those proximities that that for some golfers not necessarily Bryson by the way um it, it becomes just sort of like a, a wedge you know a, a 75 to 125 something like that I mean the greens aren't particularly large here so it's it's not necessarily right. the, the greens themselves but I just think you're putting yourself in really good position if you're long off the tee and I think uh, yeah it's tree lined on the front line but I don't think being inaccurate here is really going to punish you yeah I mean from what I remember it's tree lined um, but it's not like it's a forest right it's right. not it's not like if you miss the fairway you have no there's a there's a pretty good chance that you can uh, maneuver something onto the green or near the green and and it's it's not disaster if you miss a fairway on on the first nine either we have to talk about the 2019 edition of this event because it was one of the most remarkable wagering weeks ever see Nate Lashley if you remember got into this event on Wednesday evening and went wire to wire and he won by six shots so to put that into perspective he still remains as far as I'm aware Sia the only golfer to ever win a tournament who was not in the DraftKings player pool because he got in on Wednesday evening and then because he went and because he got in so late most sports books did not even offer anything on Nate Lashley. So when he went wire to wire, he not only wiped the board for first round leaders, but <laughs> literally uh, almost no one could have possibly have had an outright ticket on Nate Lashley. It was probably a massive sports book victory and you couldn't even have played him on DraftKings if you wanted to. It's crazy. I mean, I feel like all gamblers should have gotten their money back because they didn't have the opportunity <laughs> to either select him in DraftKings or or pick him in the outright market or top 40 or what have you. But that, that, that's a really great story. I mean, it, obviously, the backstory with Nate Lashley is pretty tragic. So so knowing that he was able to do that and with these Monday qualifiers, by the way, you know, we're starting to see a lot of especially in tournaments like this where. It's not necessarily the upper echelon that are like dominating on Sunday afternoon. These Monday, like Seamus Power is a good example. He he was a Monday qualifier, I believe, it, just this this last week, and he came out just gunning for the first two three days and just kind of killing it for your DraftKings team. I think he was sixty six hundred, and if you had him in the top forty market, you know you're you're looking pretty good, top twenty market even first couple of days. So I think we really need to start paying attention to some of these Monday qualifiers, and I think Nate Lashley is probably the best example of that yeah Corey connors went out yeah. monday qualified he won the valero a couple of years ago as well so that's why these guys play life-changing opportunities on the back end of it let's talk about the field you mentioned him a little bit earlier he's our defending champion greg it's bryson dechambeau his sunday to travelers eh, 
You know, I thought he played okay last week. I thought that there were a couple of missed opportunities. He basically drove the green on nine on Saturday. Patrick Reed turned around trying to figure out where the ball was coming from and made par. I I just thought there was a couple of opportunities that uh, Bryson did not take advantage of. Now he goes back to a place where he hoisted the trophy last year. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's going to be great to see if he can tighten some things up because where he drives the ball, um, like you, you like you mentioned on nine here, Rick. I mean, he, he, you end up on a little pitching putt at times, and mm-hmm. and you feel like you should go shoot fifty nine, and so it can get a little bit disappointing sometimes. Um, the, the water got him at number fifteen, right? He hit it a little bit, just a little bit to the left. It ends up running into the water. So, um, uh, to me. What Bryce, what's happened to Bryson since, say, Masters um, is really a testament to how well he played last year. Uh, at, at, like the U.S. Open, what he did at the U.S. Open, what he did at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, what he did um, at the Rocket Mortgage last year, to me is just highlighted by his recent play. Because he, he hasn't lost distance off the tee he hasn't lost any of that club head speed but the wedge play hasn't been quite as tight he he has a wedge shot on two today that's not from a very long distance and it just gets over the back of the green and he's really working hard to make a par so um but last year that stuff was a little tighter and he was able to play a little bit better score a little bit better get himself in contention just a little bit more um and it wasn't quite as hard work so i'm looking forward to seeing what he does at a place where he is coming off of a win. Um, Travelers hasn't necessarily been great for him in his career. He hasn't lit that place. He he hasn't lit up that place at all. Um, And Torrey Pines was terrible leading in. So I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes to a place where all he's done is one. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how it works out for him. Well, the man that he outdueled on Sunday last year was Matthew Wolf, who see we've seen now twice since he took time off away from the game. Uh, he played the U.S. Open, played well. He, I think, his final finishing position was T15, something like that. But for the vast majority of you know three, three and a half rounds, he was in contention. The weapon, the driver, was back. He gained a ton of strokes off the tee. Then, of course, we see him at the Travelers Championship, and he has a pretty ugly missed cut. Loses strokes off the tee, loses strokes on approach, actually loses loses strokes in every single category across the board. And now we start to wonder the state of his game. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be, I think, sort of lottery ticket mode for Matthew Wolf for the next few weeks at least. It, I mean, we're going to have to see some consistency. Obviously, at the U.S. Open, it was... I was kind of shocked. So I know he has the potential to hit big in a tournament. I think if he was going to, I think this would be the type of tournament where all of a sudden he would pop again. I, obviously, he he lost strokes off the tee at the Travelers. But I think at the Rocket Mortgage, if the game is back on even a little bit, I mean, he could really get into a groove at this course. I, I could really see a lot of people trying to – we'll see what happens with pricing – but trying to jam in Bryson and Matthew Wolf just because it just looks so like cool in your lineup to have those two guys in your, in your top tier. I'm not saying I'd recommend it, but um, – I'm somewhat interested in Matthew Wolf. Yeah, those that, that would be a couple of big boppers in your lineup there. Let's talk about the Masters champion, Greg Hideki Matsuyama. He's in this field. I'm not sure if this might be a good spot for him or not. I think I think the path you were headed down, Greg, was if you are. Let me let me let me think how I want to say this. Uh, driving might not be that important if every if there's no danger. It's kind of the th- the path that I thought you were going down, and then I thought you were going to essentially turn this into a- an approach 
type of place. You know, they're not particularly large greens. If no one is in trouble off the tee, now it turns into a second shot course. Is that where you were going? And if so, would, would Hideki Matsuyama be someone that you would be circling early this week? Well, look, we've seen, um, I, I would say we've seen mixed results so far. So you see Bryson and Matthew Wolf last year, and the instant thought is driver's paradise. Um, but the year before, Nate Lashley just did everything well. I mean, yeah. he was all around. Every, he hit his irons great. He hit his driver great. He was great with the putter great. He did everything across the board really well. So that doesn't give me a, a real lean. You had Doc Redman behind him, who was at that time just an elite iron player um, mm-hmm. and still is, and an accurate driver, not a very long driver of the golf ball. So not really a bomber there. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like there's a little bit of um, there, there's a little bit of a mixture here. I think there's more ways to kind of skin the cat, so to speak, at this venue. And for that reason, I do I, I like Hideki Matsuyama. Um, he he played pretty well here last year. He had a the um, his opening round and his final round were not great. He shot seventy one in both of those. Ended up with. Uh, a tied 21st finish. He had a tied 13th here um, back in 2019. So I, I do think Hideki has a chance. The one issue is a very common one. When you get to a birdie fest type golf course. Oh, yeah. I know. I know where you're going here. <laughs> it's not easy. To say. Look, it goes without saying. Uh, uh, putting is a big issue when you yeah. need to make putts to win at a birdie fest. Can Hideki make the putts? I don't know. I mean, he's played some really good golf. He's played some solid golf. I just don't know if he has what it takes to get hot with the putter for four rounds, which I kind of think you're going to need. Okay. How about this, Sia? I've got a guy who can get hot with the putter. Just got hot on Sunday at TPC River Highlands. Finished solo third here last year. Before I even disclose his name, are, are you at least interested? Are you at least intrigued at this? I'm very interested. What do you got for me? Who's the name? His name is Kevin Kisner. He played his final 10 holes on Sunday at TPC River Highlands in seven under par flies up the leaderboard had a solo third here last year. If you want to talk about hot putters in birdie fest and maybe a guy who is, of course, not long off the tee, but might be able to take advantage of those smaller greens because he is such a good ball striker. Is there going to be any consideration for Kevin Kisner's number when it comes out on Monday morning? First of all, if you're watching on YouTube, you just saw my shoulders just shrug when he disclosed the name like, oh, darn, it's Kevin Kisner. Mm -hmm. Um, Listen, I I can't deny how good he was at the Travelers. I mean, really, really good. Uh, It's I I guess he has potential here. But the answer to your question is I'm just not really that interested. I I understand the upside is there with the putter, but I think I'm going to go a different direction. All right. Well, I got one thing on Kisner. One thing real quick before this week. Before this week, Kevin Kisner, in his last 12 rounds, uh, we can go last 13 rounds. 11 of them were in the 70s. Um, it hasn't been, it, it really hasn't been great for him. And if you go beyond that, long, more and more around, they're even more in the 70s because he missed a number of cuts in a row. He missed, what, five or six cuts in a row, 40th at the Schwab, missed the cut at the Palmetto, 55th at the U.S. Open, and a, and a really nice finish this week. Did he find something? It could be, could be a little bit of a, um, it could be a John Rahm at the, at the workday kind of a scenario here. So I I like it when a guy gets a little bit of a spark on a Sunday. I think that has a strong tendency of carrying over to the next week. Maybe just Kevin Kisner first round leader and then not have to worry about if he can put four rounds together. Maybe that's the way to to deploy him. Yeah, a showdown or something like that. Mm -hmm. There you go. 
All right, gentlemen. Well, uh, we're going to be back next week, of course. DFS preview on Monday, Megapod on Tuesday, and your round by round recaps. But for now, let me thank producer Jacob. He does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there, that's Sia Najat. You can find him on Twitter at Sia Najat. Greg Ducharme, you can find on Twitter at The Real GFD. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time.